Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Porcelain Peak, the strange and scary podcast that covers everything from horror to sci-fi and all the stuff in between. What up? I am one of your hosts, Anthony Perez, and I'm joined by... John Brasher. How's it going, man? Not too bad. Uh, Definitely enjoying all the cool stuff that's coming out around here as far as like right before the new year starts and everything. Uh, there's one that I think that we'll probably end up having to do a whole episode about. Um, but there's definitely some cool things that have come out in like the last like week or so, as far as like horror and sci-fi is concerned. Yeah, totally. And there's stuff that I'm excited to talk about today and stuff that we have planned for next week. And I think it's going to be a good uh, few episodes. But uh, this week, we're going to be talking about some random Twilight Zone episodes that John selected. And before we do that, let's jump into some news. So the biggest piece of news as far as uh, the horror side of things is concerned is uh, Jordan Peele is coming back at us with another horror movie. Now, uh, I watched the trailer. It was sent by one of our mutual friends to us uh, to watch, and it looks incredible it definitely harkens back to some of the similarities in the trailer for um shoot why is it not coming to me get out out. yeah it definitely harkens back to some of the stuff from the trailer from get out and that for me is not a problem it uses a similar type of tone and music uh but the trailer looks incredible and it looks spooky as shit and i'm down for that for sure yeah i think someone said he's trying to build a shared universe i guess every movie that comes out now says that (laughs) but when you start off on a good foot like that you might be able to make it work i mean look at look at the conjuring we've talked about the conjuring several times and it's created you know there have been a couple of little stinkers here and there but some of some some of the best horror movies that have been released in the last 10 years as well so you know you kind of have you know six in one hand half a dozen in the other when it comes to, to stuff like this but get out was a phenomenal film and if he keeps making films like that, I don't care if he's making a shared universe or not. Keep bringing me the cool stuff. Yeah, and Us seems like it sort of has this doppelganger slash home invasion vibe mm-hmm. to it. Really cool. And they take the classic song, I've Got Five on it, <laughs> and turn it into something terrifying. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And I hope that that plays through the movie. Yeah. Or has that same kind of feel in the movie. But yeah, I enjoyed the trailer. I watched it a couple times, actually, mm-hmm. and I thought it was cool. Yeah, it looks super interesting. I'm ready to watch it. Uh, I believe it should be coming to us in 2019, so another reason to look forward to the new year. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing, as far as news is concerned, is uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. Uh, yes. It dropped kind of at random. I know that there were some people that were reporting on it before that, but obviously us being... Lowly podcasters, we don't get that type of news ahead of schedule like everybody else does. <laughs> the uh, concept is super interesting. Like I said, at this point, I I mean, I don't want to uh, jump too far ahead, but I believe we're going to do an episode to cover this just because it the concept is incredible. It reminds me of like the old Goosebumps books, you know, the choose your own adventure style. Um, and it just it looks like a really interesting concept. And if it works really well. I want. I'm definitely down for more attempts at that. Yeah, definitely. And I, uh, I looked it up because we're doing Twilight Zone, and to me, Black Mirror is like the modern, modern day Twilight Zone. Yeah. Even though we are getting a new Twilight Zone, <laughs> but I was curious about when a new season was coming out, and I did come across the news that that was coming. And I was stoked 
different, not a full season, but I'll take a I'll take a Black Mirror movie. Yeah, definitely. And Choose Your Own Adventure, I'll be interested to see how that works. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to Say, it. Like, I left my finger on the other page. I, I get to go back. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't think I ever did those when I was a kid, so. I I want to say I read, like, the first 175 Goosebumps books and, like, the first, like, 20 or 30 of the Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, that's I was, it, huh? Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> big time into Goosebumps. Yeah, I think we talked about that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gooflumps. All right, cool. Any other news? Uh, Not that I can think of off the top of my head at this moment in time. Sounds good. Then let's jump into our next section, and that's going to be... Trivia. Trivia. All right, and if you uh, weren't paying attention to last week, we are going to start doing a whole card format. So we're just going to read everything from top down to do the entire card, regardless of whether or not we think we'll be able to get the answer or not. Just to really give you an example of how shitty we are at these... (laughs) All right, the first category for you, John, is going to be the monster category. Ooh, monster. All right, here we go. Protagonist Graham Hess in Signs from 2002 is which of the following? A doctor, a lawyer, a priest, or a formal or a former baseball player? The so that was the protagonist, like the main like Mel Gibson the main protagonist. I believe he was a priest. That is correct. Yes. Nice. They try to trip you up with the baseball player one because there's a baseball bat in there. Yeah, but isn't that Joaquin Phoenix's? Yeah, that's what... But there is a baseball bat that does exist. Yeah, yeah. No doctors or lawyers, though. (laughs) Um, So the top one for this card for the monster section is also from Signs. That's really funny. I think we've had like eight cards that have had Signs on them up to this Mm. point. Um, In Signs from 2002, what kind of headgear... Does the son of protagonist Graham Hess believe protects against alien waves? The classic foil hat. Ye old tin foil hat. You are <laughs> correct. Nice. All right. Move right along to gore and disturbing. In the Saw 2004 to 2017 series, what type of physician is Dr. Lawrence Gordon? Liver dog. <laughs> um, is it a neurosurgeon? That is incorrect. He is an oncologist. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Duh. Uh, <laughs> continuing in the same vein, because these cards are super, super not shuffled. Uh, in Saw 2004, <laughs> what foot of Dr. Lawrence Gordon, uh, what foot is Dr. Lawrence Gordon forced to cut off in order to survive? I got a 50-50 chance here, huh? Yeah, you do. You'll pull ahead for the first time in the entire series. Whatever, dude. <laughs> I'll go left. <laughs> You're wrong. Yeah. It's the right. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> so it's tie game, tie ball game, <laughs> one to one. All right, here, this is coincidental. For the psychological category in Get Out from 2017. <laughs> this is hilarious, by the way. Is, the, is yours Get Out, too? Why, okay, but we've shuffled the cards, one, and two, <laughs> why would they make them the So same? similar, yeah. yeah. Anyway, in Get Out 2017, what is the name of the place where the consciousness of protagonist Chris Washington is trapped during hypnosis? I believe it's the sunken place. That is correct. Yours is a gimme. Uh, who directed the film Get Out? That's going to be uh, 
Key? No, it's definitely. <laughs> I know it's Jordan I know, Peele. I know you know it's Jordan Peele. <laughs> and it says, of Comedy Central series, Key and Peele. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that your next question involves the ring. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's going to be the ring from the paranormal, paranormal category. So the ring in 2002. I think we had this question, so this might be a repeat, but whatever. What must be done to the sinister videotape in order to survive after viewing it? Um, it's copied. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, uh, what is the name of the vengeful entity that emerges from the well in the ring? I'm, we've we had we've done both of these cards. That's going to be Samara. It is Samara. I think those are the only two questions that we might have done from these, so I think we're okay. But does it, does your next one involve the Silence of the Lambs? Uh, more or less. But so for the killer category, here we go. <laughs> what actor did not return for the sequel to Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> Hannibal. Um. Uh, why is her name not coming to me? Um, it has two people listed here, but I'm not going to tell you because you should be able to get this. Uh, does, it ha- does it have the person who replaced her listed, or does it have the... No, it has the guy and the girl listed. So if I tell you the girl's name, you're going to automatically know, since you think it's her. Well, I know it's her, for I sure, because I know she was replaced by um, oh, the red-headed lady. Um, Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne Moore. Yes. <laughs> um, but That one's correct. But the person who she was replacing was, oh my goodness, why is her name not coming to me? Oh my gosh. G. Huh? Joe. Jody. Uh, Jody Foster. Oh, seemingly out of nowhere. <laughs> All right, let's hear it for uh, for me. What's my question? Uh, who directed The Silence of the Lambs in 1991? Oh, man, I don't know if I know that. <laughs> it's not typically the thing that you think about when you think about that movie. You think about killer performances. I think about Anthony Hopkins winning an Oscar for saying, like, 12 things. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. I don't know. Uh, Todd Browning. It is not Todd Browning. It is Jonathan Dem, but it's fair because you uh, you had to give me a hint for Jody Foster because I'm some <laughs> kind of an idiot. Hey, it happens. I never actually heard that guy's name before, so I don't actually feel bad. All right, the last category, international. At the start of A Tale of Two Sisters. Oh, my goodness. And what type of facility is Sumi being interrogated? I'm going to go police station. That was a good guess, but it is a mental institution. All right. Same thing. (laughs) It's definitely not the same thing. Uh, In a Tale of Two Sisters from 2003. Shocker. Which character is younger, Sue Me or Sue Yong? Another 50-50. Sue Me. (laughs) You're 0 for 100. (laughs) Well, there we go. So it's Sue Yong. Yeah, uh, Sue, what did you say? Yeah, Su- Sue Yon. All right, that concludes the end of our horror trivia section. We're going to now jump into our main discussion, which is going to be about some Twilight Zone episodes. And this is probably going to be an ongoing segment that we'll do where every so often we'll 
dive into a few episodes. So John picks two and then John randomly picked two for me. How did you go about choosing? So I uh, downloaded a random number generator. Um, you can do the atypical, just ask Siri to do it or Google or, you know, whatever phone company you subscribe to. Um, but <laughs> smooth. Real smooth. <laughs> but I figured it would be a little bit easier to have like the window selected. So that way it would for sure be the exact numbers. Uh, so I downloaded a random number generator. You select, you set your limits, you know. It, for this, it's 1 to 156, I think. I think that's how many Twilight Zone episodes there are. And then you just hit run, and then it gives you a random number. So I hit it a couple times, got a couple episodes for myself and a couple for you. Uh, and so the episodes that were selected were... Let's get to that. So the episodes that were selected were, for myself, episode number 52... Uh, a penny for your thoughts. I believe that's from season two. Um, and yeah, then, long seasons back then because I think yeah, it was like, like one 30, runs into thirty or yeah. something like that. Or season uh, one, sorry. Um, and then one thirty-five, uh, the long morrow, and that's from season five. Uh, and then for uh, Anthony's, his randoms were uh, forty-two, the eye of the beholder. That's another. I'm pretty sure that's another season two episode. Actually, yes. I think both of yours were season two episodes. Mm-hmm. And then episode 49, back there. So, um, I'll go ahead and open with my first one. Uh, so, A Penny for Your Thoughts was interesting. Uh, it follows um, Hector Poole. He's a like a accounts officer for a bank. And this is back when everything is done, you know, hand to hand. As far as like tellers are concerned, there's no there's no ATM or you know electronics involved at all. He's on his way to work, and he goes to buy a newspaper from a stand, and he flips a coin into into like the basically their register. It's just an open box, and he flips the coin in there, and rather than it fall flat on heads or tails, it lands on the edge. And so, for whatever reason. Like I said, this concept is a little hokey. <laughs> it falls on the edge, and that gives him the ability to read people's thoughts. So it's an interesting like end result. It's been done in a couple things before, but uh, but obviously not before Twilight Zone. The fact that it's just based on a because it's a one in a one in a million chance that a coin lands on its side was a little a little weird. You don't know what happens. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, but I don't think you get into tele- telekinetic powers or telepathy or anything like that. <laughs> so he starts hearing people's thoughts and um, he starts to kind of realize that there are a lot of people that, you know, that don't seem the way they seem in real life. Like basically they, you know, they are constantly thinking negative things and talking trash about people. And I mean, that's, I mean... Sounds about right. Yeah, I was going to say it's spot on. <laughs> so he makes his way back to his job, and he realizes that there are some people at, at his work that don't like him, and he's dealing with a person who also has, like, I guess his manager has, like, a mistress, and he's, like, trying to come to terms with who he should tell that he has this power, or um, if he shouldn't tell anyone, or if he should tell people what the other people are saying in their heads. He kind of goes through this like little turmoil for as, I mean, as much turmoil as you can muster in 24 minutes. Um, so he finds out the, the big, 
the big centerpiece of this is that he finds out that one of his coworkers is planning to rob the bank. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Smithers is the is the uh, the coworker. He's been working at the bank for like thirty years or something crazy. Like sounds that. like a bad guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's thinking in his head that that he just like any other day after he's finished with his shift that he's going to walk into the vault with a briefcase and that he's going to leave with a briefcase full of money. Get on a get on a a, you know, a boat to Bermuda and then never come back. And so he kind of goes back and forth as to whether or not he should tell somebody about it. And there's a woman there who is who, from what he can tell by her thoughts, is sympathetic to him. Who thinks that like that he should be you know that he should be more well respected and that people should like him more and that he needs to be more assertive. And so he tells her. That he has this ability, and she thinks he's completely crazy, and that he's being delusional, but she's not, like, mad about it. Not, like, angry, like, oh, you're delusional, you're an idiot, that kind of, kind of thing. It's more like... <laughs> Slaps him. Yeah, it's more like, like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I trust this. I hope he gets the help that he needs, kind of a thing. I mean, I feel like that's a fair reaction. Yeah, for sure. And then he decides to tell the manager about what's going on. And so at 4.30, when the bank starts to close down, he closes all of his stuff up, closes his desk, grabs the briefcase, and walks into the vault. And they stop him. The security stops him. And they empty out his briefcase. And there's a, like a half-eaten sandwich and like a map and just like regular stuff that's in there. There's no money. And so he tells him that... He didn't actually hear him talking about it or hear anyone tell him about it. He, like, heard him thinking about it. And so the manager gets really upset with him and, like, tries to fire him. And and then they all walk away and it's just him and Smithers. And Smithers is like, I definitely know that you're telling the truth, like, that you that you heard what I was thinking. It's a dream of mine. I think about that every day that I come into work. That's the one, that's the thing that gets me through. I know, I, but I'm too big of a coward to do it. That's tricky. Yeah, it was. It's a really interesting, like, kind of result. And then from there, there's I I did forget to mention there is a there's a person who comes into the very beginning of the scene who is trying to get a loan from the bank, and they're they're saying that they're they're going to expand their branch of whatever their business is, but they're really their business is failing and they're gonna spend the money on the horse track to try to get more money to get themselves out of debt. And so he tells him, No, you can't do that. You can't take the money for that purpose. And the guy freaks out like, oh I didn't say anything about that. And then the manager eventually goes to talk to him and then the guy leaves without taking the loan and they find out later after the whole thing took place after he tried to fire him that it turned out he did take money take money from the company and go try to spend it at the track so he was like oh we you know your your job is still available to you if you want it and then he got kind of egged on by the woman to ask for a promotion and ask for you know different things you know to try to yeah. like better his life situation and so he ends up giving him those things because he knows about the affair and uh then he ends up leaving with the woman who apparently has been in love with him for like as as long as they've worked together and so they leave they go back to the same paper station 
to get the afternoon newspaper because that's how news worked then. <laughs> and uh, he throws another coin into the box and it knocks that coin that had been standing up over and then he loses the ability. And then it ends there? So it, he kind of walks around the street like grabbing people by the face and like being like, I can't hear anything. And he's like really excited about it because like it's something that he like wasn't stoked to have in the first place. But it did – I think the moral of that story was just teaching him to be more confident and to be more assertive. Yeah. Um, and also that that situations aren't always what they seem on, on paper. Yeah, totally. I think a lot can be said about that episode because it does seem like it's very much, hey, things aren't always how they appear. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more underneath the surface of what's going on. And this might be a little bit on the nose, but just the fact that reading minds – would be a double-sided coin yeah, because it'd be cool and you can benefit from it. But at the same time, that would be pretty awful to hear thoughts all the time. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, there, there are several instances where people are thinking negative things about him, calling him an idiot and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know if I could handle that. Like, I would be like getting into fist fights with people. Yeah, I already know I'm an idiot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't need, I don't need you. <laughs> Let me re- think that. See, I don't need you reiterating <laughs> my stupidity. That's pretty cool. That sounds like a good one. Did you enjoy it? Yes, I definitely enjoyed it. Like I said, the concept itself is a little hokey. Yeah. But it's not ridiculous. But they gave it a way to get to that idea. I think they wanted to explore that idea some, mm-hmm. and they came up with a way. I like that. I like the title plays into it. You know what I mean? It, well, yeah. It begins except the coin is a quarter. Well, that makes no sense. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the two biggest things I had to gripe with was that the coin was a quarter and not a penny. Well, at the same time, like yeah, the saying is a penny for your thoughts. The but pa- the paper had to be worth <laughs> something. Uh, the other thing that I had a problem with was they tried to make a joke at the expense of a random blonde woman. Oh, really? So at the bank, he's li- he's hearing people thinking for like the first time, and he walks up to this woman who's sitting at one of the counters with just like just looking at a handful of money, and she's thinking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I can tell that that was meant to be like a like a like a sexist joke, and it like it's 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 like mildly chuckle chuckle inducing, but it's not like it's like it seemed like it was like a cornerstone of that section of the episode, <laughs> and like that like that might have gotten like a like a fifties or a sixties dude to be like oh stupid ladies, <laughs> but but it, it's not a great look for twenty eighteen, but. Yeah, it's not. It's also not the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Looking back at something, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, different times. Yeah, that probably killed <laughs> when it aired. Yeah, probably just. Is that sexist or is that harassed? <laughs> well, I mean, technically, you can't really tell if she's a blonde or not. It's black and white. That's fair. But it is a woman. Yeah, it's a pretty woman who is being made to made out to look like an airhead. <laughs> That's cool. So between the two that you watched, was that your least favorite? I would say yes. The The second one that I watched resonated with me pretty hard. Okay. Cool. Well, before we get into that, I think I'll go ahead and do one. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add about... Uh, no, like I said, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. It's been done a bunch of times since then. I don't know if there's any evidence of it being done before that. Yeah. But... It was an interesting concept. It just it was a little, like I said, in today's standards, it's a little hokey. But the result and like the actual story that you follow with this guy was uh, very entertaining. Awesome. All right. So then my first one is going to be – I'm going to switch up the order. 
based off your format, mm-hmm. least uh, uh, most liked, would be episode 49 that was called Back There. Mm-hmm. And not that this one was bad or anything. I just liked the second one more or the other one. And this one was about a few guys that were at like a club playing poker, having some smokes, having some drinks. And they started talking about time travel mm-hmm. and the effects that that would have. And then the main character leaves and is suddenly transported back in time to – he goes to his house. He doesn't realize. And he's like, hey, what's what's going on here? And they ask him what he's doing there. <laughs> you know, he's like, well, I – think i used to live here because he's kind of started figuring out what's going on and it turns out that he went back to the day that lincoln was assassinated Hmm. so there's a couple leaving the building that he lives in and they're on their way to a play and he realizes what's going on and he's like you gotta be kidding me you know so he goes to the police thinking hey they can do something yeah and i'm thinking that's a pretty big thing to change. That's a huge part of American history. Well, yeah, it would it would change the concept of everything. Like I said, if you're talking about butterfly effects, yeah. stopping uh, stopping Wilkes Booth from assassinating exactly. uh, Abraham Lincoln is a big deal. Yes, but hey, he tries anyway. So he goes. The police think he's crazy. Lock him up. There's one police officer that's kind of like, I don't know, man. I kind of believe you. But then this guy comes. And he gives a name that I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And he convinces the police to release them into his custody. Some kind of psychologist or something, right? So then the guy goes back to his place and he's like, hey, let's go to the theater. Let's stop this. And the guy drugs the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And he passes out. And then the cop that sort of believed him comes to check up on him, see how everything's going, wakes him up. And they're trying to figure out what happened, and then the landlady from the guy who came and got him tells them that his name is John Wilkes Booth. Hmm. And he stopped him from interfering with his assassination plot. And then, uh, yeah, they go to the theater, and as they get there, there's people running out, exclaiming, the president's been shot. So he doesn't change anything, and then he eventually goes... Back to his time. And that's pretty much how it, how it goes. Um, pretty weird, though. It, it definitely shows that that, that, uh, that conversation that you occasionally have with people when you've been drinking, like the, like the oh, if you could go back and stop Hitler, would you kind of conversation. <laughs> that's exactly what I was like, thinking. It's like, that, it's like, apparently that's existed for a really long time. That concept sounds really interesting. Like I said, I mean, especially for it being so long ago, like I said, the concept of like the great effect that yeah. changing something so massive in history would make upon everything else is really interesting. Yeah, and it's it's I was thinking about too like he didn't change anything, right? He goes back and everything's the same. Yeah. Comes back and everything's the same. So who's to say <laughs> that that didn't actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That that John Wilkes Booth is just some like some like ridiculous like 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 
telepath is like capable of knowing when people are talking about his assassination plots. I guess I'm just saying like a guy could have gone back in time, tried to stop it, and was unsuccessful. So that's what I was thinking about when I watched it, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Because that one didn't have much of a moral like yours did or yeah. like the one I'm going to talk about later did. And so I was trying to wrap my head more around it. And I thought that was really cool to think about mm-hmm. because he could have gone back in time. And if somebody goes back in time and doesn't change anything, does it matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. Except for depending on if they come back at the time that they left. <laughs> you get into some weird Doctor Who territory with that stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? We've got multiple people like who are the same person. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say about that episode? I mean, that pretty much sums it up. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. The acting was pretty cool um and another interesting idea and one of those things that has been done so many times now that it's weird to see maybe the origin of something (laughs) like that or like at least the beginning of something like that you know what i mean especially in the sci-fi genre where time travel is a, a big part of that you know and so that was cool i enjoyed it awesome so my second episode um is episode 135 from season five, it's uh, the Long Morrow. So this one is a really interesting concept. It's probably one of the more sci-fi concepts from Twilight Zone. It's not. There's not really anything scary about it, um, but it is definitely the most like science fictiony. That one of one of the most science fictiony ones I've seen. Um, so basically, it's about this astronaut who's gone on several successful missions, um, and he. Uh, is confronted by a like like a person who's planning on trying to find other places that can support life. And so it's set in the 1980s and there's a 6-month period where they'll where they're building this rocket and basically they're sending him out on a 40-year journey. That's crazy that the 80s was so far in the future for the time period. <laughs> I know, you know right? what I mean? Uh so um <laughs> they Set him up to oversee the process of creating this rocket, making sure that he has all the equipment that he needs. And basically what they're going to do is they're going to put him in a like a, you know, like a like a hibernation um, semi frozen, but like in a way where like he'll like like his brain won't rot and like they won't like they won't lose him and he won't age during the process. So they're getting everything set up and this um, this engineer uh like doctor engineer type woman uh comes aboard the project and they meet and they instantly have a connection and they sort of date a little bit and they fall in love and like as he's getting prepared to go on because it is a solo journey it's meant to have just him go and there's no like there's no way that like he can stop the process now. He the the whole project is surrounded around him, and so he gets aboard, and she's like, "Oh, I like I'll be an old lady when you come back, but I'll be here. Look for the old lady." And so he leaves, and it kind of goes back and forth between him frozen in that block. Uh, and like the conversations that he's had with her and like the lead up to him leaving and everything. And they keep showing this clock that had, well, it's not really a clock. It's more like a calendar and clock combo. And they keep showing the date 
as it's going by, and it doesn't really give you any context as to the time except for in those sections where he's frozen in the block and they're showing the date. Uh, and it's all, I believe, in 1988. And so they move forward, and then I, I'm guessing this is supposed to be in a section that's in like 2030 or something ridiculous like that, uh, where he's coming back. And when he's on the pro- in the process of coming back, and like they're like they've got him there and everything, they um, they go to like their one instruction was to try to find her and so he's like oh is she going to be in like some nursing home or something it turns out that after after he left she discussed with the with the original project leader the like the the doctor engineer guy um i think i know where this is going yeah that she wanted to forego her life in the 80s you know like you know forego her family and everything because she was so in love with him and that she wanted to be put in hibernation sleep mm, as well. That's what I was thinking. So she goes into hibernation sleep. Turns out that because he had his consciousness while he was in hibernation sleep, after six months, he got out. And he didn't want to be in the hibernation sleep anymore. So he lived the 40 years on the ship alone. Oh, no. Yeah. And so he came back and she was young and he was an old man. Psych. Yeah. It's like... It's, it's like like the gift of the magi, only like terrible. Double sided, another double sided episode from the well, Twilight Zone, man. And the worst part about the whole thing is, is that as, as like as they're talking to each other, uh, him and the woman, like as he's like like the person who like is like went to find her and is like saying, hey, like just so you know, he didn't stay in the hibernation sleep. Um, he's like also twenty years later, we had the, we had the technology to. Do the same trip unmanned in less time. Oh. So he didn't even have to go. There was no purpose. That's heartbreaking, man. It is. Yeah. Wow. Like what? I said, I was so affected by that. What a gut punch of an episode. Yeah. And then like the interaction with them as he comes out. They did a really good job with the old age makeup and everything too because it's the same actor. Yeah. And part of what I really liked about the way that they shot things was that there was this like tunnel. And as they would walk through, there were shadows that were cast on both sides of the walls. And it was just a really interesting filming style. It almost kind of reminded me of, like, maybe something that might have influenced someone like Wes Anderson, mm-hmm. where he does a lot of, like, the square shots. This was very symmetrical. Uh, and, like, they them meeting at the end where she's young and he's old, it was, it was just it was heartbreaking. Man. As, he, as he was like, hey, like, you went out of your way and you gave up your life for this. And I can't let you give up your life, your life moving forward to be with an old man. Yeah. So do they stay together? Do they split? She wants to stay together, but he, he makes her go. Oh, dude. That's sad. The <laughs> fact that they're able to pack that much power into a, you know, a 24-minute episode yeah. is ridiculous. It's good writing. Yeah. I wonder who wrote that one. I, Might have been Rod himself on that one. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, you do that. Uh, in the meantime, I could jump into my next one if you. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to talk about that one? Like I said, uh, I need a few minutes to it's, recover. <laughs> it's it's a, it's one of the one of the best episodes of Twilight Zone I've ever seen, and it like I said, it has the most sci-fi concept. It has those morals, and like I said, it takes similar concepts from something like a you know a classic story like The Gift of the Magi, but it makes it something that really has stakes. Yeah, I would watch a whole movie. 
yeah like that honestly mm-hmm. all right well like i said while you look that up i'll go ahead and jump into my next one which was episode 42 also from season two and this is a pretty classic one so listeners out there may have heard of this one before it is called the eye of the beholder mm-hmm. and i had seen this one before but i went ahead and revisited it it was written by rod yeah okay yeah. Yeah, there's there's a, there's some writers on there that I really enjoy. Rod being one of them, obviously, and mm-hmm. then um, Richard Matheson, mm-hmm. the guy that wrote I Am Legend. Yeah, he does a lot of Twilight Zone episodes, so that's really cool too. That's actually part of the reason I got into his stuff. Yeah, because I watched one of his episodes and then went and bought a bunch of his books. <laughs> um, he did I Am Legend and Button Button, mm-hmm. which was what the box was based off. That weird Cameron Diaz movie that came out. That, that movie was a uh, train wreck. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, uh, Eye of the Beholder, classic episode, pretty pretty well known. It's right up there with Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. And this one's about a lady who goes through plastic surgery. Her face is completely bandaged until the very end of the episode. And the doctors and all the staff are telling her, hey, everything's going to be okay. We'll be fine. Don't worry. And at the same time, we're not seeing any of their faces. Everyone's kept in shadow yeah. intentionally. So when they go up and they are walking, they kind of turn around. And we don't ever get to see it or everything's angled really lowly. And then they talk about how if she does look different or if she isn't in compliance, I guess, with the way that their society works, then she'll be sent somewhere else. And she gets very emotional about this. Mm-hmm. And at some point on the TV, the I think they call him leader, comes on TV and make, makes an announcement. So it seems like it's more of like a dictatorship in the society. And that's kind of the first realization that it might not be just a regular Earth yeah. or a regular Earth society. And then the episode carries on. They talk more about it. It's a lot of political stuff. But at the end, they unwrap her and it's this lady and she's gorgeous Mm -hmm. like not just twilight zone era gorgeous i'm talking if i seen it right now she'd be gorgeous yeah and everyone it gasps and is thrown off and then they show the people in the society and they kind of have these pig snouts with these like i don't even know how to explain it like almost like joker looking cuts on their Mm -hmm. faces and they're what i would categorize as not attractive And they all think she's hideous. Mm-hmm. And so then she has to get sent off somewhere because she's not in like conformity with the rest of the society. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. And I watched it with my partner and she thought it was really good too. It was the first time that she had seen it. And she was kind of trying to piece it together as we were going through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it makes you think. And the you know like the episode title is called and again it relates like the penny one did for you, it's in the eye of the beholder yeah like beauty you know is the rest of that saying, and to them she was hideous to us she's gorgeous yeah but it's kind of just like about perspective and I think that that's probably the moral of that story. Besides like all the political stuff, I'm sure they were trying to say something with that that related to the time yeah, but for me for now, I thought that was good and I feel like that relates to 2018 or whatever because we do
do judge people based off the way they look a lot. You know what I mean? That's how society's been, and that's the kind of direction that we're headed where it's like, oh, if you kind of look scrubby, then you're kind of degenerate. Or even like with racism stuff where it's like if you look a certain way, then people are going to be racist toward you. you know yeah, what I mean? which is unfortunate. Yeah. And unfortunate I'm is a real it's a really really bad way to word that it's 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 well, yeah, like, yeah. it's it's abhorrent but yeah and and they didn't touch on that so much in the episode but I think it relates to that you know what I mean where it's like you can't one you can't judge people based off the way they look they're not less of a person than anybody else and that's yeah. kind of what the episode was saying and also too like beauty or like attractiveness depends on it's about perspective. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's not like the stuff you think is attractive or you think is cool. I'm not necessarily going to think is attractive or cool. You know what I mean? I mean, you got a cool shirt on. Yeah. I mean, because somebody might not like that shirt. I mean, but you also have a cool shirt on. <laughs> Just for context, we uh, both showed up to studio today uh, wearing uh, Freddy Krueger t shirts <laughs> and had no idea the other one was going to be in a Freddy Krueger t shirt. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, cool is relative. So. <laughs> Cool is in the eye of the cool holder. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, I thought that episode again, you know, not as much of a punch as yours, mm-hmm. but I think very impactful and very insightful. Definitely, yes. Yeah. And again, the Twilight Zone, man, like, that's why I keep going back to it. I just feel like it's timeless, like it's Rod says. So influ- <laughs> it's so influential. I mean... You're about to enter another dimension. <laughs> not only of sight and sound, but of mind. I also like seeing the little things they did to like change like the title card and everything from like the very first season where it was very plain to add like at the final season adding like the door and all the stuff like it was yeah. just like they did little things to kind of change the game and uh it like I said it for it's so ahead of its time the fact that it was successful in that era is baffling to me yeah and i i mean they touched on so many things. They did a lot of space stuff, but they kept it fresh. I'm honestly surprised it only had 150 episodes. Yeah. I don't know if that was considered long for the time, but – and only five seasons. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But then Rod Serling had other shows. He had Night Gallery, and then they revived the Twilight Zone, I think, twice. Yeah. And then now this will be a third revival, so the fourth iteration of this, not to mention the movie – do you know at this point in time who's supposed to be showrunning the new show? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele. Wow. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. And I don't know if it's going to be more of like a producer role or what. I'm hoping that if he is doing it, that he's super involved in a way that Rod Serling was with the original mm-hmm. and that kind of how um, Donald Glover has been. With Atlanta. Yeah. Where it's like he's in it. And I don't necessarily need Jordan Peele in it. But just that he's very involved with mm-hmm. the creative process. Because I don't want just a producer. I want someone that knows. You know? And yeah, sure, he's only had one hit, like, horror movie. But I mean, as far as, like, doing things that were segmented and, like, sketch-style television yeah. shows. And, like, having things that aren't... There's no continuity to them. It's just a thing and that's that thing like he is very great at that yeah i mean uh, whether or not you want to say you know if you want to compare things like you know key and peel to the Chappelle show or other sketch comedy style shows or anything like that it doesn't mean that the content that was created on that show wasn't great and that so far his direct his like directing career has been 
excellent. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's, I'm definitely excited to see how that turns out. Um, but like, I don't know. And I'm sure we've talked about it. I just don't think that it needs to be done. Cause it's just black mirror. Is it, you know what I mean? Black mirror touches on the scariness of electronics and what path that can take in a lot of different aspects. And I feel like that's what twilight zone did. So my only interest would be is if, if, this new Twilight Zone stays with that short format. Because, to be fair, every episode of Black Mirror is like watching a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially since it's been on Netflix, each episode is like an hour and 20 minutes sometimes. Yeah. You know, depending on what you're, depending on, you know, which episode you're watching, there's not really like a set length. Because it's not aired on television most of the time, at least not here. You know, it's... On Netflix now, so it can be whatever the hell they want it to be. Yeah. Which is great. But you know, it's like you're watching a movie. Twilight Zone, at least for the first five seasons, was a was a thirty minute time slot with, with advertisements. Yeah, I think somewhere along the lines they switched to an hour, but then it didn't work. I can't remember. They did something weird with it. I know they switched to a different film style, so like episodes like Night of the Meek. Mm-hmm. You can tell they are filmed differently. Like they use a different film, and it's hard for me to watch those because I don't like that filming style. Yeah, they recorded straight to VHSs, and I was not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I had those on DVD before I got the definitive Blu-ray pack, and uh-huh. I gave them away because I couldn't handle it. Yeah, you're like, nope, sorry, not for me. <laughs> Passing it on. But yeah, like I said, if they if they stick with a short form or a short story format, yeah. I'm definitely down because that, like I said, for, that's enough of a change for me. That because. I mean, sitting down to watch these episodes, it was like it was like eating potato chips. It's like you like once you once you start eating one, it's hard to stop yourself from keeping going because yeah. you get sucked into these stories so easily. Land two, the Twilight Zone wasn't always super bleak. Yeah, and Black Mirror, for the most part, is very depressing. Oh, incredibly <laughs> depressing. I mean, e- like even some of the episodes where you feel like something successful is going to happen when it's all said and done, there's always something. There's always something to downturn right there at the end yeah um i the guess ep- uh, we should have mentioned <laughs> that there was going to be a spoiler alert on all these twilight zone episodes <laughs> so uh, i mean i'm pretty sure if you need a 70 year spoiler warning i think that you're is 70 pushing it i'm just or saying am I, we, or am i or am i close we shit the bed <laughs> <laughs> but now you know <laughs> Yeah, you definitely know that that if you haven't if you haven't watched these in the last fifty to sixty years, you, these four episodes have been spoiled for you. <laughs> and we're going to continue to spoil Twilight Zone episodes because yes. I enjoyed this a lot, and it's one of my top probably five favorite shows because of all the stuff that we talked about, how influential it is, and how timeless it's been. Definitely, and how good it still is. It, like I said, it still holds up. Yeah, the episodes that I watched, they still hold up. Yeah, and you know. Um, Sci-fi does the New Year's Eve marathons, so I'm definitely doing that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe that's what we'll we'll call these episodes when we do release them. It'll be like spoil some random Twilight episodes or Twilight, yeah, Twilight Zone episodes. Twilight Zone, the Zone. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode. Is there anything else you wanted to add about any of these episodes? Uh. No, I said I think they. I think from what it sounds like, we we picked some really good ones, and uh, if you feel like checking them out, obviously we kind of ruined them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but even even with the things that I said about the Long Morrow, 
it is still worth a watch. Like I said, it was so impactful. Yeah. Like I, like I was like, like on the verge of tears. Like it was just like for 20 minutes of storytelling, it was just so incredible. Um, but yeah, so I think that we can let everybody know what the plan is for next week, yes. which is Bandersnatch. Because <laughs> I, the minute they they announced this thing was happening, I was like, we have to do an episode about this. It's the coolest thing that's happened 100%. in a long time. Yeah, uh, and I am ready to watch this. I so uh, so we'll talk about the ground rules and everything for the episode when we release it. But as far as the ground rules here are concerned, uh, I want to do one. Watch through whatever that equals to. Don't want to go overboard. I don't want to see every ending or anything like that. I want to do one watch through. Um, I don't know how that will necessarily work. Because like like I said about like with books and everything where you're like, oh, I had my finger on the other page. I don't know if it's going to like reroute or if it's going to be anything like that. But it, like once you get to a definitive credit ending, just end it there. And that will be what we discuss. Um, and then we'll... We'll see. <laughs> it might be something where we can't put it down uh, but we'll break things down we'll talk about the decisions we made and we'll go from there and we'll see if there's you know see if it's something that's a viable option for media and if it's something that we really enjoy yeah and uh, pre-warning that is gonna also contain spoilers <laughs> yes most definitely uh, do not watch if you have not already watched or, or I mean li- yeah yeah don't <laughs> listen if you haven't already watched all right cool well hey um, thanks for checking this episode out if you want to know more, you can visit us on our website. That's going to be at wordsforweirdos.com slash porcelainpeak. We are working on getting a new domain that's just porcelainpeak. We're also going to be working on getting an email that is specifically for the podcast. In the meantime, you can reach us at wordsforweirdos at gmail.com. And we are going to be working on getting a separate Instagram so that all this stuff is localized to just porcelainpeak since the thing is kind of snowballing now yeah um, and if you want to check us on on instagram you can go to at words for weirdos yes for now <laughs> but yeah like i said we'll you know as things change we will update you and keep you in the loop um but yeah if uh if you enjoyed this episode feel free to uh rate and share um anytime we get any ratings or any uh any feedback like i said we're definitely the kind of people that like to take those things to heart you know because we want to provide the best imaginable uh product for you to enjoy yeah definitely and expect more cool stuff for the upcoming new year yeah we're gonna we're planning on hitting it strong (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening peace A Hyperforge Alpha Network production.